Morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. Like uh, Ben mentioned, we're really glad that, that you guys are here to worship with us uh, this morning. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the campus pastor here uh, in Alhambra. And today we're launching a new series called Hometowns. And as you can see from the image there, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, community and how we get it and why do we want it and what does the Bible have to say um, about community and just this sense of uh, we want to be a place where we can be known and we can know others. And, and where does that where does that come from? And so uh, if you're new to Church in the Valley and this is your first time, uh, this will kind of be a big picture of, of really what the church is all about. And if you're part of Church in the Valley, this is a, a really specific picture of the kind of church that uh, he wants us to be. And so wherever you are, we hope that you can find some some helpful insights uh, from from the scripture. But there's a there's a sense in, in which all of our lives uh, we, we do long for a place where we can be known. And recently I was thinking through growing up, I, I watched a, a TV show called Cheers. And if you've ever seen that, there's like a famous theme song. You want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, that's stuck in my head. And, and then as I kind of unpacked that more, I thought, like, I'm a kid watching a show about people hanging out at a bar. But that was cheers. It was this idea of how do we experience community even in a place like a bar? And it was all about these characters that got to know each other and got in each other's lives. And it was a sense of like even in a big city, even in the peculiar of places, you can be known by people. And there was a show that, that was like about that. And you see that in media and culture, uh, just the sense of how do we be a community and cities are trying to think of that and Small towns, big towns, just how do we get this connectedness uh, to each other? And that, that's something that, I, that is actually very important. In fact, we were actually made uh, to connect uh, with people. We were made to uh, belong. We were made to uh, do life with other people. And that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today. Before we jump in, I, I want to show a song uh, from John Mellencamp, uh, which is like some classic folk rock. But he has a song called Small Town. I want us to watch that and we'll kind of launch from there. Let's watch it.
not just so nice. Small town. It's like this, this lure of the small town. Now, usually we, we defined by we either grew up in a small town or the last place we want to be is in a small town. Okay. How many of you would say today, you just raise your hand that you, you grew up in a small town. Okay. All right. How many of you that grew up in a small town wish that you could be back in a small town? Anybody? Okay. We got, you know, some hesitant looking at spouses, like trying to figure out what they said. Right. Uh, we, we live in Los Angeles, like classic small town, you know, like, uh, but what you find here, even in Los Angeles, is that people, even in uh, the suburbs and all around Los Angeles, all this kind of greater Los Angeles area, they're, they're still trying to find their small town. They're trying to find this community that they can belong to. What John Mellencamp's speaking about is this, this thing that he grew up with that's so special to him that everything in his life, he wants to reference it with this small town. And there's something to what he's speaking about, which is actually greater than a geographic location. It's actually speaking to a need that we have to be connected and to be known and to kind of have a place where you're walking with a group of people that know your history. They know your family and they know you. And in fact, in, in the world today, all of us actually have come from a small town. It's maybe not our generation or generation before, but, you know, we we've kind of have our origins in small towns. You see that all across the world. But since the Industrial Revolution, and I'm not going to be like a historical lesson here, but the family has been fragmented and people have been scattered really throughout the world. Uh, you meet people, especially in Los Angeles, all the time that are from small towns in different countries. And they're maybe from big cities, but before that, they're from small towns in certain areas. And that's what we see. We're just this, this melting pot of cultures, ethnicities, big towns, small towns. But in all those locations, People are just trying to be known. They're, they're trying to figure out a place where they fit, where they can kind of do life uh, with a group of people. And so over the course of this series, we're going to be talking not about how to get back to a small town, but how to experience community wherever we are. Because, again, the geographic location isn't as important as the group of people that we're connected and committing to. And we actually have a role as a church to create community. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. So I want to just kind of give a sense of where we're going to be heading the next few weeks since this is the start. So here's a, a series uh, preview. Today we're talking about longing for a hometown. Uh, and that's this idea of why, why is there a longing for us to find a place where we can connect with people? Like, why does that exist? That's what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about city limits and that each community has to have a certain commitment and boundary to how they're going to treat each other. And in any city or location, people treat each other and act in a certain way. But as the church, we actually need to act and treat each other in a certain way as well, not just based on culture, but based on what's right and what's true and what's pleasing to the Lord. Uh, the third week, we're going to talk about getting involved. Uh, how, once we know what the community is supposed to look like, how do we take steps to actually become a part of it? And then uh, the fourth week, we're going to talk about fault lines. And in any city... Uh, especially the smaller it is, there can be a lot of drama that can exist. And we know that in our own families, like relationships get messed up. And in the church, relationships get messed up and they don't exactly go how they should. So what are the things that we need to do as we're trying to design community to, to work on our relationships as they get, they get messed up? And then we're going to close out the series talking about hometown hospitality. Have you ever been to a place and you were overwhelmed by the friendliness of the people? 
we live in Southern California. I would say I'm not usually overwhelmed when I go out to eat in Southern California. But if you've ever been somewhere else and they ask you, and maybe it's like a Cracker Barrel. You guys ever been to a Cracker Barrel? It's like kind of good Southern cooking. And you go and you feel like you're the most important person to that cashier. How is your food? How are you doing? What are you up to? And Hi. I am a robot. I don't know how to talk to other people. You know, you feel like that. But there's people that just there's there's hospitality in the church. We're actually supposed to be the same way. How do we create an environment where people come in and they're overwhelmed by this sense of warmth and belonging, a place that they can really connect with people? And so that's kind of where we're headed over uh, the next few weeks. I hope you can come back. But I want to kind of trace this this longing and need for community back to its its origin. So if you could kind of follow me, we're going to go kind of on this this broad stroke history of creation. And so our longing for a hometown, it actually reflects the image of God in us. And this idea of community and connecting was established with God himself. And what you find in in scripture is there's a way of learning about God that's different than than we're used to. Usually in our world, we think I want to know something. So I I kind of learn about a situation, I gain reason, and then I try to discover it. So we start with ourselves, and then we try to make sense of the world. And that's usually the most logical. To discover God, though, you actually can't reason God into existence, and you can't actually fully know who he is just based on our own minds. He has actually revealed himself in the scripture. And so when we start with God, we can actually learn more about him. When we start with us, it's really difficult to get a clear picture of, of who he is and, and what he's like. And so over the course of this series, what we're going to do is we're going to look back at God and what he's revealed and who he is. And then we're going to start putting the pieces together so we can have the accurate picture of the kind of community and the kind of people that, that he wants us to be. So we're completely dependent on God revealing himself. Now, if you're new to church, uh, you may kind of experience that the church seems to talk a lot about the Bible. The reason that is, is that is God's revelation to us. So those who follow Christ have realized that for them to know who God is, they actually have to look at the scriptures and it's revealed. We can discover who God is from what he has communicated in the Bible. And that's why we want to read it. That's why we want to place a priority on the scriptures above our own logic and above our own reason. And so God is always fulfilling his purpose and he's revealing himself so, so he can be be known. And there's a there's a part about God, which I want to talk about because it reveals the sense of this community and the need for it. And it goes back to Genesis one. And you can see it up here on the screen in Genesis one twenty six. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then 27 goes on. It says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And so this is going back to the beginning of when God decided to create man and woman. And there's an interesting statement in here that kind of connects to this idea of why we long for community. And that is when God was looking at creation and thought, you know, I'm going to put man and woman on the earth to take care of all that I've created. 
there's an interesting phrase in there, and that's the idea of let us. If you look at what's preceding that, if you go back to 26, then God said, let us. I don't know if you've ever kind of read that passage. This is the creation story, but it's very interesting. It's like, then God said, let us. And if you've grown up in church, you may be kind of familiar with this concept of how God is three persons, but one God. And if you've been around church a long time or you're theological, that that's a phrase called the Trinity. The Trinity is actually not found. uh, That word is found in the scriptures. But there's this scriptures all along the way that shows this this kind of community of the Godhead. And it's the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. And so when God is talking at the beginning of time in creation, he's seeing what he wants to do. He's purposing that it will happen. And then he's using this phrase, let us. And so you're seeing this, this community that exists in the Godhead alone. So before there was ever man or before there was ever woman or humans that roamed the earth, community existed. Now, perfect community exists in God. The reason that's important is it, it shows that God in himself has everything that he needs. He has community with himself. Now, this is one of those concepts where you're trying to think, how could somebody that's saying we're one be three? And I could spend weeks and weeks trying to explain the Trinity. And it still doesn't quite make sense, because, again, from our reason and vantage point, when we start with a concept, we don't actually know how it completely works. And this just is one of those instances where God is revealing himself, the reality of who he is. And we don't quite know how it works. But it's so interesting because when we see the image of God, he's one person. I mean, he's three people in in one God. And you see that they each play a different role. And what he did by creating humans, he wanted them to experience the same community. He created Adam, the first man. But he noticed that he didn't want Adam to be alone. So this this isolation, God noticed and said, I'm going to create a woman to be the helper. I'm going to create this community. And from there, communities will exist in the world. They will experience what I have experienced in myself and the character of God. And so this goes back to to the image of God. Now, the Trinity in the Bible, you see it in numerous places. You can see it on your handout. It's also up here on the screen. But here's where you can see the community of God working throughout the scriptures. You see it at Jesus' baptism. Jesus baptized and God speaks and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus himself is being baptized and then the Holy Spirit comes like a dove and rests on him. So you see the three, three parts of the Godhead, the father, the son and the spirit. Uh, Jesus great commission. You see that you see it in working together in creation, which I just read, uh, supporting one another in John 14, how they work together, love for one another deferring to each other and then glorifying one another. So this picture of of community has been established long before we were ever here. And since God made us in his image, the reason we long for community is because that represents how God exists in himself in a perfect community. But as you might realize, we actually don't experience that same perfect community. Community for us Oftentimes it's fragmented. Relationships can be frustrating. We can feel lonely. We can feel isolated. God has never felt that ever. He is fully complete in himself. He doesn't need us to feel better. He doesn't need us to kind of support his goals. 
He actually made us and created the world out of love and to give us a purpose so we could actually know him. So this Trinity in the Bible represents the perfect community that has existed in God. And also, since we were made in him, his image from creation, we have this longing as well. We have this longing for a hometown, this community that that we want to be a part of. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what do we do with this longing and how do we actually experience this in, in our in our situation today? And then in Genesis one twenty eight, we find this. It says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This right here is how communities were started. God gave the command to be fruitful and multiply, to have families, to start communities, to build towns, to multiply. He wanted Adam and Eve to start the human race. And from there, we are here and we're all from different areas of the earth. But we're here because of this original intent for us to experience community. And it's commanded by God himself. So as Adam and Eve were fruitful and multiplied, we see really where we are today, the creation of people and people groups and all the nations that that exist. But again, this command in itself did not just meet the needs that we have again, because community is broken. And that happened right after this because Adam and Eve sinned. And so on one hand, we can see the perfect community that exists in God. But at the same time, because of our own sin and rebellion, the fact that we've all kind of gone our own way and want to do things as we want to do them, community gets just kind of degraded over time. And we all experience that. If you've ever been lonely, if you've ever been frustrated, if you've ever been angry with other people, that's a reflection of sin. That's the reality of it. It breaks down relationships. And so God's intent is for us, in spite of the sin and the frustration, to turn back to him so we can actually experience community again. And we can experience it with him as we decide to turn to him and trust him. And then he wants us to experience this with with other people as well. When I grew up, uh, I played with with bugs outside. And one of my favorite bugs was the roly-poly. Okay, there's a picture of here. Now, I hardly ever saw the bug like that. Because if you go to the next slide, that's how I saw it. Because, you know, a lot of times I was just messing with them, you know. But a roly-poly has this defense mechanism. If you come mess with me, I'm going to roll up in myself. And you're not going to be able to get to me. And that's actually how it is for us as we deal with people and try to experience community. We kind of go along our way and then something happens where we feel like somebody's after us. And so we just go inside ourselves. And we live in a time where we are the most socially connected and the most wired into each other. But at the same time, we have little relationships. So what's happening on the Web and on Facebook and in different ways, we're actually not experiencing in real life. And that's a lot because of this. We've just kind of rolled up in ourselves. And what God wants us to do is he wants us through turning to him and trusting in him to to slowly uncoil Get to the point where we're not just sheltering people out and just pushing them away. And that's why the, the church exists. We actually have a role here on the earth 
to show what community looks like. For people to come in and experience it and get a taste of the thing that they long for but can't experience. And so as towns and as people were fragmented and spread out, so, so the church, that's happened as well. The church used to be the central kind of part of small town life. If you needed help, you'd go to the church. If you needed an answer, you'd go to the pastor. If you needed something done, you'd go to the church to, to help you get it accomplished. Well, now you could go anywhere but the church, it seems like. And what's happened is as communities broken down, the church's role in community has as well. But despite that, God still has a role and a purpose for us to play here in the San Gabriel Valley and in every community where the church exists. So despite some of this reality of rolling up to ourselves, we actually have this awesome opportunity to reintroduce people to the community that that they really long for. And that goes back to kind of what God has designed the church to be. You find in the New Testament that this theme of the this spiritual house and community exists from creation all the way to the end of Scripture. And in 1 Peter 2, we find that the church is designed to be our hometown on, on this side of heaven. It's designed to be a community for us. 1 Peter 2 says this, As you come to him, this is talking about Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourself selves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. So the church is being built up through Jesus Christ as a spiritual house. That word house in the Greek in which the New Testament was written is called oikos, which actually is defined as a household, a group of people, like a family, like a tight-knit community. And so what God is doing through Jesus is he's bringing people who are fragmented, people who are isolated, and through a relationship with him, he wants to bring them together so they are this tight-knit community and family. This household that exists, much like a tight-knit family in a community would look like. That's what he wants the church to be in 1 Peter 2. And that's what it means, this this tight-knit family, this community, something that we need to work for. Now, if you're like me, I love the idea of of community. I do. If, If I was given the choice, do I want to just be alone and isolated or with people? I would choose people. If you're more introverted, you might have to take some time to think about that. But all of us, whether we're extrovert or introvert, we still don't want to live life alone. We may have different views of the groups of people and how many, but we don't want to be alone. We, we know that. But it's so easy, especially in the church, to talk about what God wants to build through us and it just be words. It's an idea. But what you find in Scripture is that when God talks about the community that he wants to exist... It's not abstract. It's not conceptual. It's actually supposed to be something that is experienced. The people come and they they get a taste of. It's something that can be measured. And that's what God wants to do within Church in the Valley. Create a real community that can actually be experienced by the people that are involved in it. So what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks is, is how that actually takes work. And like anything, you can't just say it. And then it happens magically. You actually have to make choices and commitments to build that house. Now, I was thinking about, as you talk about community, you talk about the church's role. There really is this importance to the church that trumps all other communities. And that's because 
only God is building the spiritual house within the church. That community that God wants to build doesn't exist in other areas of life. But I thought about what are the things that people want to be a part of if they're not a part of the church? The reason that's important is because it shows that even when people aren't in the church, they're trying to find a place to belong. And so I kind of just thought about that in my own life. Where do people in our culture try to find a place to belong? And there's some websites that I, that I found, and I've actually been a part of some of these. And one is called Meetups. If you've ever heard of Meetups, they're, they're gatherings designed to bring people together. The reason Meetups exist is because people want community. If people didn't want to be together, then you wouldn't have a need for Meetups. But society of meet up with a group of people for a specific purpose. And look at what the, the, the tagline is. Find your people. That's actually a great picture. And that's what just kind of shows the reality of where we are. We're alone and we're isolated, but all we're trying to do is find our people. And then it goes on. Meetups are neighbors getting together to learn something, do something, share something. So if you want to do something, you want to learn, you want to share you find a meetup and then this is what a page looks like. This is five miles from Alhambra. You've got an international travel club, San Gabriel Valley coding dojo. Crunchy moms meet up and play group. Yoga in the park with Sam. I don't know who Sam is, but it's yoga in the park with him. And you could just look at all these are kind of if you're interested in this, come join us. If you want to do this, come join us. People are longing to belong. But the issue with a meetup is these are great. You can actually meet people and build friendships. But they're not the spiritual house that God's designed the community to be. Because you meet and then if you really need help with your problems, you need the Lord's help. And what the Lord does, is he helps people through the church. And so there's this priority to the community of the church that's over everything else. Now, if you're not the meetup type, you may be the CrossFit type. And CrossFit is like this new cultural phenomenon where you go and you pay for someone to crush you. And you really thank them for it. But I've looked at some of the CrossFit workouts in the gyms and they have their own culture. You do a wad. Does anyone know what a wad is? It's the workout of the day. And if you didn't know what the wad is, you're not CrossFit. And you work out. You don't work out in a gym. You know what you work out in if you're CrossFit? A box. That's the box. Some of you are like, really? I want to go to a box. But they've created a culture. They want people to belong. And so for so many, this is their community. Every day they choose to wake up early and spend time with people working out. And again... They're doing what they were made to do. They're trying to connect with people. But in meetups and in CrossFit, it can meet a small need and a small slice. But it can't meet the whole holistic needs that people have. That happens only in relationship with God and how he builds up the church together as, as we do life together. So, of course, I'm a pastor. And I'm going to talk about how important the church community is. But again, you don't have to take my word for it. This is something that you can experience and you can be a part of. And that's what we hope you do. Wherever you are today, we hope that you'll take a next step to move towards this church community. And if you're not from here, we hope that you'll take a next step into the church community in which you're a part of. 
Because that's really where life comes together when we are made in the image of God and we connect with other people within uh, the church. And so we're going to be talking about ways to do that. But before I do that, I just want to kind of shift gears and talk about what are the common barriers for us to actually not experience community? Because if we're going to talk about how important it is, we need to talk about why sometimes we don't experience it. And so here, here's some common bar- barriers to making the church my hometown for being in community with a group of people. What are the barriers? The first is busyness. How many of you would say that you're busy? Just ra- raise your hand, right? We're all busy. And you can actually use busyness for anything because we, we are busy people. But that's one of the biggest barriers is we just don't have time. You may be here on a Sunday morning and it was just hard enough to get here. You know, it's getting darker in the morning and it's hard to get up and football and all sorts of things. So just the thought of coming on a Sunday, it was work enough. But coming on a Sunday is just kind of like opening the door to community. Like you can look in, but to really experience community, you actually have to step through the door. So this is kind of like the doorway to community, but it's only a little piece of how you can experience it. But busyness is, is a common barrier. The second is a lack of trust. If you've ever come to a, a place where you don't know people, always what you're thinking is, I don't know these people and they don't know me. And maybe you've been burned by people and maybe you've been burned by the church. And there's a sense in which once we burn by people, it's really hard for us to get close. And so we roly poly ourselves. We just kind of come into to our own to our own life, what we're experiencing. So lack of trust is a common barrier. There's another barrier, which is called camping out. And that's the idea, like, I don't really know how long I'm going to be around here. I'm just camping. I'm not building a permanent structure. I'm just going to be here a little bit and then I'm going to be gone. And usually the camping out barriers based on our idea of the future, we're basing ideas on the present. So we're letting the future which is unknown, dictate what we experience right now. That's a common barrier. I don't really want to get close to this group of people because I don't know if I'm going to be here. And what tends to happen as you camp out and you don't get close to a group of people, you realize that you don't have those close relationships. And life can really suffer because of that. And then the last one is a full circle of family and friends. It's the idea of I don't have time for any more people. And the way this can be a cause for concern is is if you're not plugged into the church community, but you're full of relationships, you're still not experiencing the full benefits of the community that God wants you to experience. Because it it happens within the church as godly people come together to fulfill his purposes. But I I can relate to this. It's just this idea of I I have kind of all the people I need in my life. So we tend to not make room for people. And as we don't make room for people, we don't want to schedule and prioritize. And so I want to just share just a brief kind of principle that, that's helped me as we talk about busyness, as we talk about barriers. If you want to experience community in a real way, you have to prioritize and actually put community on your calendar. If you want to make time for people, you have to decide when you're going to schedule it. You have to carve out time. And we carve out time for what's important to us. But what gets in your calendar, it actually will get in your life. It's not on your calendar. It's just an idea. Something that you hope to do. 
But I know for me, the only time that I've really been able to experience community is when I've decided to actually make time for it. Not the idea, but what it means is I actually will make time for people. And how do I make time for people? Well, a lot of times I have to initiate with people and say, would you like to get together? Grab some coffee. Jack, talk and catch up. So what, what happens is I've taken an idea that's important to me, turn it into a conversation where I have to take initiative, and then from that it gets on my calendar. And most of the time if it's on my calendar, it means it's something that I'm going to do. But many times this idea of community is something that we really want, but it never gets in our calendar. If it doesn't get in our calendar, it doesn't get into our life. And so this idea, we, we hope, is, is not just words. We want this to be something that as a church that people can really experience. So I, want to, I just kind of want to encourage you, as we talked about the barriers, we talked about the, the importance of prioritizing. What, what's your barrier right now? If you could go back to the screen with the barriers on it. What's your barrier right now to experiencing community? Is it busyness? Is it lack of trust? Is it camping out? Or is it just you feel full? Like you don't, you don't have time for, it for any more people. Just take a moment. Just think through. What, what's the barrier uh, for you? And just jot that down. And I want to encourage you over the next few weeks to, to come back and, and to, to think through wherever I am, what is the next step that I can take to experience the community that God wants me to experience. And as you, you think about that, and as you think about your own schedule and your own priorities and your own, your own goals, my prayer for you is that God will make it really clear, here is my next step. And you may have been around this church for a long time, but you still have a next step that you can take. And we're going to be talking about that. You may be brand new, and you're thinking like, I just came to like get some coffee and like hear a message. So this could kind of be overwhelming. But wherever you are, there is a next step that, that you can take. And so I, I encourage you to just think about that in terms of the barriers. Now, I mentioned next steps. I'm going to kind of close out the service with encouraging you to, to take some of those next steps. So what you've thought about, you can actually jot down on the back of your connection card. So if you could pull that out and finish filling that out, what Ben had you uh, complete early in the service. We're going to receive our offering in a moment. And you can drop that completed uh, connection card in there. But the first thing is what I've already asked you to think about is just, is there a barrier that's preventing me from experiencing the community within Church in the Valley? And just think through what that barrier is. Drop that down. That may be the one thing that God wants you to take a step towards dealing with. And the second is thank God for the community around you. I know for me, it's easy to take for granted the gift of community and the group of people that love and, and care for me and that I can love and care for them. But it is something that it is not normal for people to actually belong to a group of people. So what God wants to do in this church, I, I'm so grateful for. And all the, already the community that exists, that's something to really thank him for. And so that might be something that you want to do. And then uh, the third is just attend the rest of the series. If this is just something that you... You're kind of up against your own schedule and priorities and you just you're not sure how the church life fits into your life right now. Just come back and kind of see if, if God speaks to you related to this. So as you finish filling that out, uh, I'm going to pray and then you can drop that uh, connection card uh, in there.
And if I've never met you and you've never met me, I'm going to stay towards the front after the the service. And I would love to meet you. And so I I encourage you to come up uh, and introduce yourself. Let's pray together. God, we, we thank you for the way that you have ordered and created the world. We base reality based on what you've revealed to us in the scriptures and you, you really made us to, to long to be within a group of people. Uh, you, you've made us to to want to connect, uh, to be known, to do life with people. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, when we do that, we're actually living life the way that that it's intended. And so there's tremendous joy and blessing that you want us to experience. And so, God, I, I pray you'll show us. If there's just any barriers in our own life, in our attitude, in our actions, in our priorities or agenda, that anything that's preventing us from experiencing community, God, I pray over the next few weeks uh, that you'll show us that and that we'll take next steps wherever we are. And so give us eyes to see and your power uh, to take the steps that you want us to take. And so we ask this in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen.